Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Alliance Guys podcast. I'm your host, Jay Cow. With me is the modern-day hero, Kevin Douglas, hey. the former NWA World's Junior Heavyweight Champion. Of, you know, they never found the champion as good as you afterwards. They just retired the belt. Do you notice there's no Junior Heavyweight title on NWA Power? Yeah, I, you know what, man? I think we kind of touched on this as well, that they they have a lot of belts already to try to, yeah. to try to book. Uh, the other side of it is that, you know, um, as I said many a time already, just watching the show and everything, you know, you put some junior heavyweight guys on the show with the guys they've got on there and the work rate, the work rate discrepancy might be so bad um, that, you know, it may, the, the little guys always make the big guys look slow and clunky. So maybe they're just, uh, maybe they're just kind of a little insecure about what the, what the junior heavyweights might do to the program. Quite possible. So <laughs> this is the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. You can follow us on all the socials. I mean, we're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter, YouTube, obviously, you're watching. Uh, you can find us on Anchor. You can also find us on Twitch. You can find us on, uh, well, uh, Tumblr and uh, TikTok. If you're uh, under the age of 25, I think that's where the kids are hanging out now is on TikTok. So uh, <laughs> give us a follow because we greatly appreciate your guys checking out what we're doing here. And it's, this, is, uh, this has been fun, guys. And Kevin has been a great addition to the show. And we are going back a little bit. I think we're, we're talking about episode 12 of one of our favorite shows every week, NWA Power. And this was the show following the Christmas episode, in case you guys aren't able to keep up with us. And uh, this was an interesting show, Kev, and I, I want to talk to you all about it. Um, you know, when I watch the show, I'm usually sitting at my, my desk. I've got, I've got one laptop on watching the show. I've got my desktop on uh, leaving comments on Twitter, trying to follow the action. One thing that I've gotten in the habit of doing is kind of writing where the audience is on the live show to kind of tweet out, and then you can kind of compare week after week where the numbers are at. Sure. I was pleasantly surprised. Well, actually, no, let me take that back. Because this episode aired at 1 p.m. on Wednesday Pacific time, which I believe is 4 p.m. Eastern time, Okay. This was the this was the New Year's Day episode, so it it kind of threw things off, and I don't think they had as much live viewership because number one, some people were still hungover from the night before. Number two, some people weren't aware of the time change for the episode. Um, but I did want to point out that twenty three hours after the show aired, there had already been eighty four thousand and one hundred fifty nine views. So what does that mean? Nearly a hundred thousand people watched that episode in one day. I think wow. that's pretty pretty awesome. So we start this show off with Tim Storm, uh, and he, you know, he he's hot after Aldis. Obviously, he's got some yeah. heat with Nick Aldis, and uh, you know, he he wants to to uh, he wants to kick his ass. That's what he said <laughs> for sure. Uh, and then we've got. Uh, Nick Aldis referring to him as uh, referring to Morton and Storm as the Randy Rams of the world, which got a, a good pop out of me <laughs> because 
as much as I love Tim Storm, the point that Aldous is making is kind of clear. He's he, he's actually saying what you've been saying for weeks. Yep. That it's time for the old class to move on yep. and bring in the new class. And I think uh, there's something to that. Now, storyline-wise, of course, the Rock and Roll Express are your tag team champions. Right now, Tim Storm is in the process of trying to acquire the NWA television title. In fact, he's supposed to face somebody later tonight in that TV tournament. Sure. Um, so we get uh, – the show starts off, actually, after all of that nonsense and shenanigans. We get an exhibition match. We get Shooter Stevens, our NWA uh, third-degree national champion, <laughs> um, Sal Renaro. Yeah. Something I want to point out here just real quick is Shooter Stevens is 37 years of age. Sal Renaro is 37 years of age. Just I just want to plant that seed now. Um, so the match starts off, and it's – it's a typical grappling match. I mean, there's nothing real fancy about it. Shooter Stevens is looking for that submission hold. Um, Sal Renaro is actually looks pretty good in this match. Probably one of the best matches he's had so far on the program. This is like, I think this is actually his first or second. This is his first one-on-one match, I believe. I'm laughing so, in the background, Jay, because how about the karate kick attempt made at the beginning of the match by Shooter? Of course. I mean, that, he knows... I, he knows that. Look, he's a third degree Mongrovian karate master. Karate. And I think I, I it kind of tickles me. And we go back and forth with the question mark. And you know, I was just re-watching uh our last podcast because that should go up today. Um and we get to a point where uh I was telling you how much I love the fact that Aaron Stevens is a heel and I'm totally good with the question mark being a baby face. I was not happy with his victory over Colt Cabana, but other than I've been very happy with the character and the way it's progressed throughout the show. Um, and the, the interactions between Aaron Stevens and the question mark, I think it's been very fun and, uh, it's fun to like to me. I, I think it's a fun gimmick to see, you know, uh, Aaron Stevens now using more of that Mongrovian karate. Well, um, I would say on the undercard for the for undercard storylines, it's certainly it's certainly probably the number two storyline. Um, yeah, going in the NWA right now. Uh, I do like you know. Of course, we we've talked a little bit about Eli Drake, uh, Ricky Starks the television title, the national title, which is kind of, you know, uh, starting to, to kind of take its rightful place in, in this, as the second kind of storyline in the show. And I, right. I mean, all in all, you know, I, I found it funny that I I'm watching uh, Ronaldo, Sal Ronaldo, right. That's how you say his name. Renaro. Uh, Renaro. Sorry. I knew I was going to get it wrong. But Sal Renaro, you know, I thought it was funny because as he's trying to lock up with Aaron Stevens, you can see him trying not to laugh. Um, right. I mean, how do you not? But then what about right. the, But then Aaron Stevens with the, the karate thing, the kip up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was impressed. And, and I'm very critical of Aaron Stevens in terms of, you know, in-ring work. But right. in reality, I felt like as funny as this is going to sound, this was some of the better in-ring work that he had 
he's had so far where he just had a straight match in the middle of the ring. Uh, the, the moves were hard hitting. They were stiff. The, uh, he, he did stuff that looked like karate. Or, yeah. I'm sorry, karate. Thank so, you. So, yes, Thank yes, you. yes. I just got a pop from the audience. <laughs> so, but no, I, 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 I'm going to go out and say, I think this was Aaron Stevens' best match in terms of from a technical wrestling standpoint. I think, I think that it was really good. I, I know that's crazy to say that, but also Ronaldo, um, Renaro, uh, <laughs> he, he, he did a great job there in uh, what we call, I guess you call it enhancement talent, so on and so forth. Sure. It, yeah. If I'm the booker, you know, I'm the guy booking the show. I'm looking at Renaro and watching him and saying, you know, he's doing a good job. He did a good job. And, you know, for mm-hmm. if, if there are young wrestlers listening to the show and you ever find yourself in that position, which, you know, I, I, I did for the first couple of years of my career. Um, yeah. Not too much after that. But, <laughs> hey, you know, I just, when you're good, you're good. But it is what it is. It is what it is. So, but when you find yourself in that position, if you do a good job, if you do what the promoter asks you to do, and then you make yourself a little bit memorable without trying to upstage the guy that you're wrestling, um, you know, you'll get noticed. And promoters do notice this sort of thing. Bookers notice it, and other wrestlers notice it. So I give I give Renaro credit too because he wasn't just a speed bump. He was, you know, he had a couple of moments in there where where he took. He took the little glimmer of spotlight that he could get, and he did well with it. And, and it was a good match. I, it was a solid match. The promo after the match with um, with uh, Murdoch and Stevens, I think we're, we're obviously on a collision course there. So, um, you know, I think, I think Murdoch and, and Stevens, you know, I'm just going to ask the NWA right now, you know. I know, I know what we're going to end up getting in this match, okay? <laughs> I know, I know we're going to have question mark involved. I know we're going to have some shenanigans, but keep it to a minimum, you know, like let these guys yeah. go out there and work. Murdoch is a great wrestler. He's good in the ring. His moves are all solid. As we saw in this match, Stevens is a good worker guys. You know, it's entertaining. Just the entertaining part is also in the ring too. And absolutely. This is not, Again, I know that it's not the – I know this is a throwback show. But, again, you, you don't want to insult your audience. And there are, we have come a long way since the 80s in terms of what wrestlers can do in the ring. And I don't care what you say. Like, don't try to tell me that the eyeball test, that, that the wrestling from the 80s will pass the eyeball test uh, as opposed to some of the stuff that we see today with some of the top in-ring workers today. It doesn't work. We doesn't know, pass the doesn't. eyeball test. And we've seen this with Ricky and Roberts in ring stuff still run in 1985 spots in their own mind. They're like, Oh, well that stuff still works. So I get a pop. <laughs> you know what, brother, you get a pop because of who you are and what you've accomplished and people love you. And they don't want to frankly come up to you and tell you, look, your work looks like garbage because they respect you. You need to go back That's and it. watch the match. You need to go watch the match and see with your own eyes that you're just, your work doesn't look that good anymore. But that's re- retracting backwards. Again, let us see 10, 15 good minutes of Murdoch and Aaron Stevens in the match. Then give us whatever shenanigans that we're gonna, we know we're going to get. But don't have question mark come out three minutes into the match and have a <laughs> bunch of crap where we've got double teams and Murdoch's out on the floor. You know what? Aaron Stevens is better than that. 
He's a creative yeah. guy. He can come up with ways to put heat on Murdoch that doesn't involve having to have outside interference. That way, when the outside interference comes along, you know, it's kind of one of those things like when Ric Flair would have outside interference. Not all the time did he really need it. And he showed right. the fact that he didn't need it, but it's what makes a heel great is that, you know what, even if he could have won fair and square, why? Why not Why not do something to put one in the, you know, in the crawl, so to speak, or give give the fans a jab to the side and, and make them mad? So there's my soapbox for, for what I hope is going to be a good match, uh, hopefully at the uh, next big event between Murdoch and Aaron Stevens. Well, right now, we still got Murdoch in the TV title tournament, so we don't really know what's going to happen with him just mm-hmm. yet. But speaking of Murdoch, he does come out. And he's not happy with Stevens. In fact, he kept referring to Renaro as the young guy. And that's why I wanted to point out <laughs> that him and Stevens are the same age. He, uh, Murdoch also uh, took a few opportunities to mention how uh, Stevens was taking liberty with the young guy who's new in the ring. I also want to point out that Aaron Stevens has been a pro wrestler for 19 years. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. You know what? Trevor Murdoch, he's 39 years old, and he's been in the ring for 21 years. That's really impressive. Sal Renaro is a former Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion. Sal Renaro is 37 years old. Sal Renaro has been wrestling for 22 years, longer than either Stevens or Murdoch. So (laughs) it made me laugh that they kept calling him the kid and you're taking liberties. But let's be honest, guys. Let's be honest. Sal Renaro has been wrestling longer than both of these guys. Maybe he hasn't had the worldwide success that Trevor Murdoch has had or Aaron Stevens, but let's not let's not let's not pretend like the audience is dumb. And and that's something that we'll be talking more about in the next week's show too, because I really kind of feel like the NWA is getting a little bit lazy, and they're starting to insult my intelligence as a fan. Sure. And I'm the NWA supporter, and I'm the one that says sis boom ba rah rah rah. This is a great show. But stop insulting me because it's not funny. This show is good enough where we don't need to create false narratives. Again, you could say Stevens was taking liberties with Renaro, but let's not call him a kid. Let's not call him a, a, a youngling or a, a greenhorn or any of that shit. Excuse me. <laughs> it just, it, I feel that's insulting. It, it, you know, let's not live in a world where it's only the NWA and the NWA only exists. Uh, we know for, uh, 100% that the NWA has acknowledged other wrestling promotions in the past. Hell, they had a working relationship with Ring of Honor. Their talent appeared on the uh, All In show. Again, I don't want to be insulted. I don't want to be told that uh, that Renaro is a young guy because he just isn't. No, and uh, no, we no, have I'm the happy- inter- we have the internet. Yes, you know. Yes, absolutely. One more time, it's not 1985 in every aspect. No, you know, be realistic. You know, we have the internet. This is not the day and age where we pretend like other wrestling organizations don't exist. You know, just it, it was dumb. It was dumb when we used to do it. Uh, it is it is dumber even now because again we have Google, we have the internet, we can find <laughs> out all this stuff. So again, like you're saying, you know, suspended disbelief is the biggest art form that professional wrestling has the has to offer. I had a um I love having a little Twitter spats, uh mostly for good, not usually for worse, with my friend uh Hammerstone, who wrestles for uh, another 
big time company and would love MLW. To see, yeah, would love to see him on NWA at some point. Uh, if I they, would if too. They can, if they can make it happen, uh, and I could probably even put in a word if if need be. But you know, he was saying he had posted something on Twitter the other day, and it was you know he had his finger scratched, and he said. You know, you say wrestling's fake, you know, brother kind of thing. <laughs> and of course, yeah. you have you have some guy come on and go on his rant about, you know, well, wrestling is not is it's not real and all this stuff. And you know, my response was, you know, this is probably the same. It, it, this this is the same guy that goes into a movie and says to some the guy next to him if he has any friends, you know, oh look, <laughs> oh look, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, not really Thor, you know. <laughs> Nobody, if you're still having this conversation in 2020, I'm just yeah. going to say you're ignorant. I'm just going to say it. You don't know. What you, first of all, you're probably not a fan. And if that's right. the case, no, nobody in the wrestling world cares about you. Uh, just being honest, we don't care right. because you're not, right. you're not a fan. It's like Star Wars fans. People are going to make fun of Star Wars. Oh, look, or, you know, look at these guys. Well, you know what? People that love Star Wars could give two flips about what you think about what right. they like. And wrestling right. fans to me are the same way. And being a wrestler, it's the same. I'm, I'm at that stage where like, you know what? Nobody's having that conversation anymore. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like you're, you and yourself are having it and you're really just a jerk for, for even having it. You know, wrestling, wrestling is, is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be what it is, but don't insult our intelligence. Like you said, you don't want to go to a movie watching a movie and go, okay, I know I'm watching a superhero movie, but this is just dumb. This is right. just out there and it's not well done. Okay. That that's that's what I don't want to see from the national are, wrestling. Line. Are you talking about Aquaman? Man, I, I enjoy Aquaman. Did you not like Aquaman? <laughs> well, that's another discussion, but no, I did not. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I guess I'm I'm kind of a I kind of am a um I'm so easy to please, I think, just because I'm just so happy to have a movie being made. Um, yeah, that, that I'll take it and and I compare them to each other. Was it one of the top comic movies that have come out of all time? Definitely not. Um, but was it as bad as Spider Man Three? Definitely not. <sighs> okay, we're gonna have to have this conversation. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sidebar: We got to talk a little bit comic here because I'm a comic book movie nerd too. Sure. Kev, I think our kids are probably in line with most of these movies. I don't believe that everything DC makes is bad. I loved Wonder Woman. I thought that was probably the best comic book movie all year when that came out. I loved, I didn't love the Suicide Squad, but I enjoyed it. Sure. Um, I really thought Shazam was really good, but still probably the best, like the third best comic book movie when that came out. Aquaman, I watched it on an airplane, and if I could have walked off the airplane, I would have. <laughs> I just. The CGI looked weird. Jason Momoa looked weird. Amber Heard looked weird. Mm. It just, it never really felt good to me. Yeah. And Amber, the beautiful woman, and I'm sure lots of ladies love staring at Jason Momoa. I just, it didn't work for me. That's interesting. So I saw it in 3D. And so maybe, maybe that has something to do with maybe why the CGI didn't stand out to me as much. Because I went and saw it on the big, giant, you know, uh, IMAX 3D. Sit Fair. right in the middle of it. I mean, I, I have a ritual when it comes to going to see uh, superhero movies. Obviously, sure. being a for, former superhero myself, um, you're and, the modern day hero. Yeah, and I mean, even Champion to this of domestic day, you know, I, and again, even to this day, you know, I, there are times when I have to to have to strap on the cape and and do some undercover work as a superhero. Still, um, 
but you know, so if you see some sightings of a guy, you know, in a cape and doing some weird stuff, it's probably me. But man, <laughs> you're setting me up on all kinds of tangents. My buddy a few <laughs> years ago made an independent film about real life superheroes. It was actually called RSH, real life super or RLSH, real life superheroes. If you ever, I don't even know where it got put out at. Maybe it never did, but he followed the footsteps of real life people dressing up in costumes and and doing the heroic things they could do in their in their neighborhoods. And one of the guys he came across, you know, wearing his cape, wearing his mask and everything else. And he was just handing out water because that day, that's the only superhero thing he could do on a hot day was just hand out water. What a guy. What no, a guy. I, that's what I, heroes are. I applauded and I thought that was great, but it's, you know. Thank, all right. thing on, well, I'm going to stay on our tangent because, again, sure. um, you know, we do cover a wrestling show, but. We have to be something that's do something and be something maybe that's different. Some of the rest of the shows and, and this might be one sure. of those things because you can, you know, on this show, um, you actually get a professional wrestler who did travel the country that can give yes. you, can pull the curtain back, not only from locker rooms, but in their own life. And there will always be times, you know, I'm not a big guy, um, you right. know, so super strength or, you know, I, I, you know, people would always ask me, you're a superhero. What's your superpower? And I would look at them and I would say, I would say courage and they would laugh, you know, and they go, ha ha ha, you know? And I said, you know, being a superhero is not about what powers you have. I said, what powers does Batman have besides obviously his own admittance being rich? Right. None. And it's like, exactly. Being a hero has nothing to do with superpowers. You can have superpowers and be an absolute terror. I saw the the movie uh, Brightburn the other day that I just kind of go, wow, that's, that's what a villain is, is when you have the powers of a superhero, but you choose uh, not to use them for the for the betterment of mankind. Um, but even if you don't have superpowers, what makes a superhero is what is what you do with the life that you have. That's what makes right. a hero is, is courage. And my final my final thing is, is courage is not the absence of fear. It's standing in front of a 300 pound man that wants to kill you and fight him anyways. That's courage. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets fear. But. Fear, fear, everybody experiences fear. Courage and bravery is when you do it anyways. When you're afraid and you still right. go for it. So there's your there's your motivational thought for the day. Moving along. And, uh, <laughs> you, you can follow uh, Kevin on Twitter. Uh, Kevin Lee Frazier, am I getting that right? Yes. He has more uh, motivational and comic book takes that you can uh, make sure you <laughs> check those out. So back to the action. Back to the NWA, back to power. Uh, we're talking, about, brother. We're talking about Murdoch. You know, again, unhappy with Stevens taking liberties with the kid, and says, you know, you wouldn't do that to me. And Shooter Stevens, you know, says, what? What? Of course, what Shooter Stevens would say. Well, if you feel so confident that you can beat me, why don't you put your spot in the TV title tournament up against me? And Murdoch is never one to step away from a fight because Murdoch, well, he looks like he was bred to fight. <laughs> and so they, they have a match, and all of a sudden, we're seeing a different Trevor Murdoch. It's not a slobber knocker. It's not a, it's not a, a, a Pier 6 brawl. This is a technical wrestling from Trevor Murdoch. Yep. And, and we see a lot more aggressive version of Aaron Stevens, one that we haven't seen yet. Yep. Aaron Stevens the entire time in, in NWA has been very aloof, very part of their expression, Kev, a chicken shit heel. Sure. Right. I think that's yeah. what they call it. Yeah. 
but this wasn't that. He nope. actually got in there and he was a lot more aggressive. And I, I loved it. I loved seeing Aaron Stevens kind of taking that next level. And again, maybe as you were saying earlier, maybe maybe this is the matchup that the NWA needs for that national yeah. title. Murdoch well, and Stevens. Well, and I, I agree with that. I think again, give them got give them, give those guys some time in the ring, you know, yeah. to have a match. Because I think what you have, we already knew that Trevor Murdoch was at that level. But I think that Aaron Stevens, and kudos to you, Jay, because honestly, you saw this before I did. Uh, you were, you've always been, not to say always, but since we've been doing, uh, since I've been on the show, you've definitely uh, had a high opinion of Aaron Stevens and me, not quite so much. But this, this segment of the show, I felt like he kind of stepped out from being just another, um, you know, coward heel that, that does the, the, the typical shtick to somebody that actually showed, Hey, I've got some in-ring ability. So, you know, let's see, let's see some in an in-ring match. Let's see these guys go out into deep water and have a, have a legitimate 20 minute uh, national title wrestling match. Maybe the NWA would be kind enough to give us a stipulation of, uh, you know, uh, no, nobody at ringside. And if, if, if Stevens gets disqualified, maybe he loses the belt. So maybe we can get a straight up match. That'd be great. And I don't want to brag or anything, but I wasn't super familiar with uh, Damian Sandow. Like I did not. I, I mean, I knew who he was. I knew the whole pairing between him and the Miz and he was like the stunt man, but I don't follow the WWE very closely. So Sandow, or as we call him now, Aaron Stevens uh, is mostly new to me. Um, and so watching him live in Atlanta and also watching every episode of NWA power, I feel like he's really grown as not only just a performer, but as an entertainer, Mm -hmm. again, being able to shift from that, uh, you know, he can go in the ring. We saw it. We've seen it now. Yep. But the fact that this whole time leading up to it, like I kind of thought maybe he couldn't like, I don't want to say the guy could wrestle, but I thought maybe he's one of those guys that, you know, relies more on gimmick than actual in-ring ability, but he kind of has both. Yeah. And, I'm um, glad to see him covered up in, a, in an yeah. outfit where we're not having to look at him wearing, <laughs> um, you know, skin colored trunks. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, it was, no, no. I, I was very impressed. I, I enjoyed this, this match. And, and seeing him wrestle, and seeing him wrestle in a gi was pretty cool. Like it just, yeah. His his characters evolved in in what eleven weeks of television, twelve weeks of television. Mm-hmm. He's evolved, and I think that's that's awesome. You you need talent to be able to evolve. Of course, Murdoch wins the match with the Indian Deathlock, a move made famous by his mentor, uh, a former eight time NWA World Champion, Handsome Harley Race, King Harley, and uh, I thought that was a great homage to the former champion. Um, we transition quickly from that to. They called it the NWA Power Surge. Now, I'm not sure what this is. I'm not sure what the plan is. My dog just came in to see me. Every week now, we're getting a new visitor here on the show. Um, uh, we get uh, we get the Pope, Elijah Burke, uh, or D'Angelo De Niro, whatever you want to call him. And uh, he's talking to the outlaws, which is you know uh, Eddie Kingston and, and uh, Homicide. And, you know, Pope is kind of talking more about Kingston could be the next world champion. And I think you and I both kind of feel that too, that maybe he's underachieving right now. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, we also, uh, so, so, I mean, that's kind of cool. I like this whole, uh, these segments. I don't know what they're going to mean. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I, I don't, I don't personally, I don't think they always have to mainly because it's unique. It's different. Yeah. I actually, I, you know, I, I'm not, it's, of course I like the wrestling action, but it it is something that's kind of interesting and, and it does give you a little bit more of like almost like a down to earth feel from the from the wrestlers. It does give them a chance to maybe to develop some of their storylines given yeah. given this the, the brevity of the show and because maybe they wanna they wanna have more matches, maybe a way that they can progress some storylines or, or, or start some narratives or plant some seeds that they want. Um, maybe they can do that through these little segments and, and it's actually pretty creative. Again, as long as they don't take forever, uh, and, yes. and we're not watching a bunch of talking, but maybe they're using them to propagate or move storylines or plant ideas. I, I'm good with it. I, I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I think we had another one later with the women. Yeah. And you know, is as long as we're doing something with it, and it's and it's it's informative and it's fun to watch. I I don't I don't have much of a problem with it, but kind of like like what you're saying, you're not quite sure what they're doing with it. But in a way, it doesn't have to be overt. It just can be something where, you know, it's different. Not every, No one else yeah. is doing this. Um, and, again, how about we progress some storylines with, with it, which, like you said, got some seeds planted. Hey, well, we've been talking about him being a world champ. So, um, you know, I, it's not, again, it's not going to be ever going to be my favorite part of the show, but uh, it's not all about me either. So, so yeah, and I see what you're saying. And, you know, one of the things Billy Corgan said during the press conference that kicked off this whole NWA power uh, was that the show that they're trying to build wants to lend itself to the meme culture. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't really know what that means, basically, they're trying to make it where the show could be interactive. They want people to interact with the brand. We don't want you to just watch the wrestling. We want you to interact with it. Mm-hmm. being able to t- take a clip like this that's less than you know two minutes long and being able to put it on Instagram or on TikTok or on Twitter or Facebook, wherever, and have people comment right away. If that's what this power surge is, I'm totally good with it. Sure. If this is something that's going to keep continuing to happen. Okay, so cool. We get, we get this segment, good segment. Next up, we have E, Lai, Drake. Yeah. Of course... I think he's slowly become the MVP of the show. Week after week, we're getting these great segments with him. Yeah, we, he's he's more and more looking like he is going to be uh, one of the biggest stars of the NWA, um, and he wants a match, pure and simple. Everyone else is getting title matches. You know, his name is left off the TV tournament. He's not getting called for a match with Aaron Stevens. He's not getting a title match against uh, Nick Aldis. So he wants a match, and he's asking, uh, you know. Who wants to be his tag team partner? Cabana comes out of all people, and he wants he wants Eli Drake to quit talking so much mess about his pal, Mister Ken Anderson, which I could see that because you know what, friend of my friend talking trash about my other friend, I don't necessarily want to see that. Or he's my buddy, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. Let's let's not put this dude down. But I think Eli Drake has every reason to. Um, you know, he's beat him twice in the ring. Cabana brings up the fact that, you know, hey, you guys have both attacked each other. You both did things. 
the feud is essentially over. Let's all move on. And, you know, Drake isn't about that. And, uh, uh, basically what it comes all down to is Cabana's got Anderson's back and Eli Drake is still looking for a tag team partner. So you didn't leave this segment kind of scratching your head a little bit though. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're trying to plant seeds. And again, when, you know, when we watch next week's episode, it's going to make a little bit more sense. Sure. Yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to plant seeds. They're trying to, you know, stoke the tea leaves. Something's going to happen. They haven't really, we don't know yet what's going to happen, but I mean. But, but shouldn't something like that, like at least spark my interest because it didn't do that. Yeah, no. (laughs) And and, and so right now you're, you're scratching your head. Because I'm just going, you know, I got, I got Eli Drake out here. He's the guy I like to listen to. Um, and, you know, I, I we, again, we've had nothing but good things to say about Colt Cabana. Certainly didn't think his interjection made a whole lot of sense. Don't think him and, and Ken Anderson make a whole lot of sense um, in terms of as a team. And yep. I, I it just I just kind of go, you know, I want to see Eli Drake wrestle, you know, singles matches. Um, what and, and again, like you said, maybe they'll they'll show me something later. And, and, and again, I'll buy it. Um, the other thing, I think Eli Drake's getting the 1980s Sting treatment where, you know, you just – all you were really wanted to see was Sting get the freaking match against Ric Flair. <laughs> and instead, all you ever got was Sting for the TV title, Sting for the U.S. <laughs> title, Sting in these – for the tag title, Sting in all these random feuds. And you just – it's just like, let's put it off, let's put it off, let's put it off. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I look at that and I wonder if that's – the promoter's booking or is that the champion trying to keep the one guy that can take his belt away from him as much as possible, jockeying in the back, doing things that maybe the, the contender doesn't know is going on. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I've, I've done it myself. Uh, yeah. You know, I knew when I was champion that inevitably Chase Owens was the guy they wanted to see take the title from me. And I yep. tried my hardest to get as close to him as I could early and stay as far as way as away <laughs> as far away from him as I could late because I wanted to beat him and show that I was a better wrestler and a better champion that I was the right. solidified champion. But once I did that, I, like I said, I, the, the more, the closer I got and the more time I spent on his home turf, I knew the closer I was getting uh, to the politics, uh, the politics working in his favor. And I just wonder, you know, is, is and this is a shoot. I'm not saying this is this is not a storyline. Does Nick Aldis yeah. see this? Does he see this? And is he doing his best to book himself as far away from Eli Drake as possible uh, and put himself in a position as far away as he can, like Ric Flair probably did with Sting uh, during a lot of what I felt like in his career? Because it just it just smells fishy to me. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I I I see Eli Drake as top of the card kind of guy. So, um, you know, maybe conspiracy theory, but, but it, it wouldn't surprise me either. I I've seen things like this happen before on a, on a legit, on a shoot level where, you know, Hey, if that guy's going to be the, if that guy's the incumbent, I'm trying to keep him away as far as long as possible. I did the same well, thing with Chase Owens. Let, okay. So let's be honest about this for a second. Let's honestly look at this. No one's a bigger Eli Drake fan than Eli Drake period mm-hmm. end of sentence and no one's a bigger nick aldis fan than nick aldis 
Yeah. Now I I love the champ. I think he's doing a tremendous job. But some of the things that you're saying, would it surprise you if you found out that was true? No, not at all. And and I can't say that Nick Aldis would be stupid, or no. or, or I think he was a bad person. I, I not no. at all. I just I think it would be the uh, I'd do this again. I was a baby facer the majority of my career, uh, the second half of my career a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, I d- it has nothing to do with baby face or heel. It's good business for you. Uh, right. The longer you hold on to the belt, the longer your name goes down in the record books as champion, the more your mm-hmm. legacy is cemented. And if you're telling me that a guy like Eli Drake is the hottest thing on the rise, like I said, like I, I – I'm staying as far away from his home home turf as possible. I don't want to be involved in his storylines. You know, I don't want the guys I'm involved with being involved with guys in his storylines. And you see this. Well, you just triggered a thought for me. And that thought is this. If I didn't want to face Eli Drake, if I didn't want to put him in the same ring as I, well, then I would have made sure he was in that TV title tournament, which he's not. Mm. So that's just food for thought. Sure. But let's, Let's keep moving along because now we have girl power. And I'll be honest, everything that the power surge, I think, did right, I feel like girl power did wrong. And I don't want to catch a lot of heat for this, but I don't lie to you guys. I'm always going to tell you how I honestly feel. And this felt like locker room talk from the ladies. And we had Alice K, who up until this moment has been defiant, has been aggressive, has been dominant, dare I say, the female version of Stone Cold for the NWA. And here she is sounding kind of like depressed and whiny. And uh, Marty Bell, I can't believe she did that to me. And then Tasha Steeles, who is brand new to the show, literally has only had one match on on the pay-per-view. She's the one that's giving the advice. Well, maybe you should do this. And then ODB chimes in. Well, maybe this. Mm-hmm. it's like come on come uh, on it, it didn't feel it did it, you know again it didn't feel very thought out let's just say no. that let's just say that like like you said on one and we've seen this a lot with the with these shows is that sometimes they look like they're look like look brilliant and then sometimes they don't and yeah. i i think a lot of times and this this is just true of the wrestling business in general um and in really in life you you set things up to be a certain way, you know. You 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 have a plan, you have a plan of action, but then yeah. but then moments happen that shift the shift things around, and yeah. wrestling is full of these. I mean, our lives are full of these. I right, you know, like you, there's times when you're you're working with your boss and and you know it's time. It's time to take a risk. It's time to say something. Maybe time to ask for that raise or time to make that right. comment or do something that you know is going to be a bit of a risk. But right. if you don't take that risk, you'll never know what the outcome might have been. Um, and, and you know, a lot of times that not taking those risks can lead to stagnation in a career, especially in the entertainment sure. world. But also it can lead to the end, of your, the end of your career. And I just think that, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm going to go on a limb that the talent are the ones – making the moments here more so than the booking, the booking committee. Um, Some of the great, and I'm, I'm just, I'm coming down on this side of things that no one said for Eli Drake to go out there and, Hey, go steal the show. Right. Um, It's more, it's more like, 
it's more like, okay, here's your TV time. Uh, we kind of want this and, and whatever leeway. And I'm, as I'm certainly one that would do this myself, whatever leeway they give me, um, I'm going to take every, every inch of that leeway to try to get myself over, try to get my story over and try to jockey myself in that free space to get, to get to the next level. And someone that I think um, needs to be doing this and we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but, and you started to see him do it and I'm glad he has, and that's Tim Storm is, you know, man, it's time to, it's time to start taking risks. It's time to start saying stuff that you wonder, should I say this or not? Um, and, and sometimes I think that that's, that's how you get yourself up to the next level. That all being said, what does that have to do with this segment? I think, I think the girls in this segment were just lazy. Uh, they didn't, they didn't really see that this is an opportunity to tell a story uh, about ourselves and gain some interest about ourselves, whoever that may be. And they just kind of mailed it in. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah. That's uh, what it looked like. Uh, um, so this leads up to the next match, which is Tasha Steeles versus Marty Bell with Molina. Now at this point, there's roughly 3000 people watching on the live stream. The 3000 people might sound like a lot, but this, this number is actually down kind of low and it's the second week in a row where this number is kind of low. But again, I'm going to chalk this up more towards, uh, this is the wrong time of the year. And there wasn't a lot of notice that they were changing, um, time slot around so i'm going to chalk it up to that as opposed to say people have become indifferent because again going back to what i said earlier 84,159 people started watching this or had watched this show 23 in the past 23 hours yeah so they did get some mileage out of the show just maybe not when when they were expecting it um i definitely think marty bell has improved she might be my most improved for the women's division i think both her and ashley box definitely looked better on these rounds of tv tapings as opposed to the ones that i was at because i really felt that they looked unprepared they looked a lot better now um i think that there was uh oh oh one thing i wanted to point out about marty bell is i think the character she's playing too she very much looks indoctrinated by melina like she doesn't make a decision unless melina approves of it and i think that's good storytelling because again it's almost like there's a cult type following with melina we we saw uh last week when or two weeks ago when she chose uh odp's uh, od excuse me she chose thunder rosa's opponent odb as opposed to challenging allison k and it just felt like uh melina has a plan and these other two don't really know what's going on but they're going to follow it blindly because they've been indoctrinated they're 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 hypnotized they're brainwashed and that leads a lot of credibility to what you were saying a few weeks ago that uh melina and thunder rosa might come to a head and have some sort of uh falling out uh, there's there's points of this match where I feel like Marty Bell did look lost, and I get out. You can maybe chalk that up to the indoctrination, or maybe she just was, I don't know, just well. well not as I good mean, as I mean, that. I'm sorry, but Melina still, I gave her some props last week, but she's still a quagmire, you know, like yeah. as a whole, like, and I don't think it's on purpose because if it's if it's really on purpose, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I've I've I I saw some stuff on her Twitter 
that made me kind of scratch my head and go, okay. Um, oh, someone, someone should have taken away her Twitter a long time ago. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, I don't know if this is a something that she is doing because she knows what she's doing. Uh, I don't think it's a plan. Uh, if I'm Thunder Rosa, I'm getting, I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride that name as far as I can until I ride right face to face with it. And I'm going to steamroll right over it. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take that name and that credibility and I'm going to add it to me. Uh, so that I have the momentum I need to be the next women's champion. That's what I hope I see happen. Um, I, I I hope the run with Molina is a short one, uh, just yeah. because it's just it's awkward. Uh, I feel like it's stunting the growth of some of the female wrestlers that are in their primes. And when you talk about indoctrinated, I mean, again, like she has these weird followers on Twitter that if you say one thing wrong, they you know they they lash out at you like you you stole their kitten or something. Or you talked about their grandma. And yeah. Yeah, you know, so again, and I think I don't think it's that it's the indoctrination. I think it's the awkwardness of 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 really having no plan and no flow and Marty not knowing how to work on the fly as well in a circumstance like that. Because if it's me and I have this person outside acting weird and I'm on TV, you know what? I gotta I gotta look good. I'm not about yeah. to let somebody who's you know, heads in the clouds or who doesn't really know what they're out there doing, uh, ruin my shot. And so, yeah. you know, I'm going to have a good match no matter what. And so in, in Marty Bell's case, you know, she's going to have to put the distractions aside and realize that, you know, you get one shot at this and you got to make the most of it. And if you look at Thunder Rosa, you can see that that's the difference is, is that Thunder Rosa is, is out there to make a name for herself and to really make an impact in any way that she can. And you see Marty Bell kind of, you know, head in the stars or head in the light, you know, kind of not, not grasping the opportunity that's at hand. And, you know, there's something to be said again about the trajectory of these careers, because you talk about someone like Marty Bell, who has mostly spent her time on the East coast. She's had a few matches with ring of honor, the New York wrestling connection, uh, has has made appearances for Shimmer, and then you look at someone like Thunder Rosa, and again, you know, I know her backstory a lot more because she's a SoCal. She's 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 from Mexico, but mm-hmm. she lives in Texas. But she spent so much time in California, going back and forth, wrestling in multiple promotions. I mean, she's just not you know her her growth and her. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maturation has been incredible. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we. I don't think you and I have talked about this story, and I'll, I'll try to make it brief. But when the previous ownership of the NWA uh, was still around, and we're talking about the Bruce Tharp era, I'm not supposed to say his name, but I'll say it, Bruce Tharp. Uh, when he was around, uh, there was a, a promotion in California called Vendetta Pro Wrestling. And Vendetta Pro Wrestling is actually responsible for a lot of the um, the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club shows. So sure, yeah. every time you, I'm familiar with the every, guy who went in charge of that. Yeah. So every time they had an event in Las Vegas, you know, they'd bring out all this talent, and it, it was awesome. Well, one of the things Vendetta Pro Wrestling did was they created the Western States Heritage Tag Titles. They also created the Western States Heritage Singles Title. And, you know, homage to the belt that Zabisco wore. Uh, some people even said it was kind of like to uh, to spur our old buddy Dave Marquez, who had the Hollywood Heritage title that at one point was the NWA Heritage title. Yeah. Anyways, getting back to the point, 
they're the tag team that had the uh, Heritage States tag team titles were. Um, I'm not sure if you ever worked with these guys, but Shane and Shannon Ballard, the Ballard twins. Um, mm. They're they're well known in California and and kind of on the West Coast. In fact, for for like since 1997, they're one of the most talked about tag teams. Now, of course, they're they're in the you know twilight of their career, but they were the tag champions, and it was Thunder Rosa and her tag team partner Holly Dead, the Twisted Sisters. They actually defeated them and won those tag titles. The NWA Vendetta then changed the titles to the NWA International titles. Mm-hmm. Well, then Holly Dead and Thunder Rosa took those belts to Japan. And actually defended them in Stardom, which is the top Joshi wrestling promotion mm-hmm. in Japan right now. Yeah. So, and, and the point I'm trying to make with all of this is Thunder Rosa is well traveled. Yeah, she's a great wrestler, and she's you know whether it be in the ring with a man or a woman, she's confident, she's comfortable, and we see that now seeing her doing MMA fights. She's a skilled athlete. Yeah, she just is, and probably better than maybe anyone on the roster. No, there's no, so, there's no doubt. Like that's not even a. We knew that from day one. Right. So to bring all this back, <laughs> uh, Tasha Steeles wins the match with no outside interference. Uh, 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 Melina didn't get involved. Thunder Rosa didn't get involved. Marty Bell just lost straight up. Mm-hmm. So cool for Tasha Steele to get a clean victory. Cool for the women's division to have a match that didn't go to, you know, to go to pieces and have outside interference. Good for the NWA. Surprising that Marty lost. Uh, not, I mean, I, I guess, you know, but I think at some point you have to start building somebody, some of these other wrestlers. And, right. uh, and I think Tasha Steeles is probably, if you're just going to say, um, aside from, you know, of course the champion, I think behind Thunder Rosha, she's, she's probably your next best competitor. Um, and again, not saying that ODB is not, not a great name, but her in-ring work is not, you know, it's not, it's not top notch. Let's just be honest. Um, and, and that's not a knock against her. It's just in, in ring. I think Tasha Steeles is probably your next strongest uh, in ring person behind, uh, behind Thunder Rosa and the champion Allison K. And uh, so again, that's, you need to have that victory. You know, uh, we need, we need to have like one of your top good guys besides the champ, uh, having a victory. And so I, I felt like it was a good, it was a good call. I think Marty Bell needs a little drama uh, in her story anyways, to keep her interesting. So it gives yeah. you, you know, it gives you that. And, uh, and again, I think that we're just now, we're just barely scratching the surface with the drama that's going to unfold in the women's division over the next few weeks. And, and again, the thing that needs to be said is the show is so early in its infancy. They're, they're planting seeds now because there were no seeds. Yeah. You know, with the WWE, they have callbacks and you'll see angles that have played out years ago be brought back to the forefront because the, they have these established storylines. The NWA is still trying to establish things. So there, of course there's going to be some, uh, some hiccups along the way. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, we're, we're only talking about the 12th episode of the show. So of course there's going to be some growing pains and maturation and uh, you know, they have to plant the seeds now in order to get to that next level. And speaking of the next level, we have some more NWA TV title qualifying matches. Um, 
as they pull the names out of the hat, we get Zicky Dice, <laughs> which isn't one of my favorites. <laughs> and then we get uh, Caleb Conley, who, I'll be honest, I love Caleb Conley. I can't wait to see this match, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. The next qualifying match we get is Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis. Yeah. And the, the crowd goes crazy because, you know what, this is a match we wanted to see. You know, it, all this gave Tim Storm a fair match at the first episode. In fact, um, let's, let's just look at the show, right? So we have Tim Storm. Excuse me. Let's look at their feud, the Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis. Now, this, this feud that they've had, this, this mountaintop versus the Aldis era or, or the Aldis Crusade is what he called it, really comes down to three matches and okay? three. Yeah, you'd think they wrestled all- their whole lives based on the way they Right. They this, isn't, this isn't Steamboat Flair. You know, this isn't something that's been building up for years. They've had three matches. Their first match was on uh, November 12th. Excuse me. Yeah, November 12th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Storm versus Aldis for the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood title. Well, we all know Tim Storm came home with a belt that night. So that's one to nothing, right? Fast forward a month, almost almost a whole less than a month uh, after the fact. CZW, the armpit of pro wrestling, gets the next title match. And it's Aldis winning the world title in the dive bar pro wrestling combat zone wrestling, making it now one and one, right? Aldis is your champion. Well, that's when things never turn back because it's almost two years before Tim Storm gets another opportunity to wrestle for that title. And that is at the Power TV taping on September 30th, 2019. And Aldous wins. It was a clean match. Aldous was the better man. But they've only had three matches. So to see Tim Storm versus Nick Aldous, this will be the fourth time that they faced each other. That's exciting. Fans are going nuts with good reason. But, of course, it's not personal. It's strictly business. We get much shenanigans with Nick Aldis, who says that he's lost his, essentially, his smile. It's not fun anymore. It's time to back away from the TV tournament. Uh, The only reason why he was entering it, because there's no one there to face him. But, you know, uh, he doesn't want to risk injury, so he's going to, advocate the spot and give it to his own his own friend his own confidant his own partner we're talking about royce isaacs somebody who i don't know about you but i know we talked about him last week i'm pretty high on the guy sure. being able to watch him and catch wrestling from hollywood for quite some time i think very highly of royce isaacs um, we'll be talking a lot more about him on the next episode and so the match is set um what what do you what do you what do you think you you excited were you excited when you saw that this was going to be because I think you probably knew just as much as I did that Nick Aldis wasn't about to wrestle Tim Storm. No, no, I mean look, look. <laughs> I like Royce Isaacs. I like Nick Aldis versus Tim Storm a lot better, but they're not going to do that again on free TV, and they're not under these circumstances. You yeah. know. Nothing lasts forever, but Tim Storm is not to get another shot at the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. That's that was the stipulation. Yeah. Will that will that hold true for the next twelve months? I don't know. I don't know. But 
I did not, you know, it's very much bait and switch, but at the same time, what did you expect? Yeah. You're not paying for this. This is free. You know, they're going to, if the demand is there, that match will happen, but you're going to pay for it. So we get Roy Sysix, who again, I'm, I'm high on, and this match was pretty good. I thought, I thought we saw a lot of good wrestling here. Yeah. One thing that I the question though is, dang it, why is Royce Isaacs always beating up on these old guys? <laughs> I mean, the photo I'm going to put right here right now is him punching Robert Gibson right in the solo plex, and I popped when it happened then, and I popped when it happened now. Um, and I'm a Tim Storm fan, but I like seeing Isaacs beat up on older dudes. Hey, uh, maybe you're onto something. Again, we all we all need to. Catching, get an edge every now and then to to give us something to be known for, especially if you're not the main storyline, or if you know, I mean, he's part of the main storyline, but he's right. he himself is not the main storyline. No, and so it, it's little things like that that can that can really um, give you that opportunity to wrestle some maybe possibly really influential old guy uh, in a career in a in a feud like that can make a career. Yeah, and. You know, we'll see. Um, um, the kind of losing my thought here. Um, sure. Give me a second. Um, Three, two, yeah, breathe. One. <laughs> well, okay, I'm gonna say something real quick that I that I've noticed. Uh, since, Go ahead. Since the spear with uh, Camille. Um, yeah. And again, th- these are the things I watch, and and I I keep an eye on pretty much all that's going on, and. And I, I'm still kind of head cocked to the side with why they decided to throw the the other blonde girl into the mix with mm. uh, with this team. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, it seems to me like somebody in creative thought, "Oh, we got a hot girl. Let's put her. Let's put her out there." Um, it, it, but at the same time, I felt like I feel like after the the kind of the spear, I thought, you know, maybe we're gonna see more from Camille, not less. Yeah. Um, but ever since point. the the spear, it feels like she's just a non-issue now. And yeah. I I in her her carrying and again I've I've been a big fan and and, and when I say fan, I you know, she's okay. But I felt like there's sure. a lot there with her in terms of potential and talent that can be developed. Um given given the fact she does have a sports history, we know she's an athlete, um, you know, the look is there. And I just felt like I just have feel like the last she just has somewhat regressed as a character. And yeah. and and I and I and I just I kind of go, you know, what was the the big was the was there no plan? And again, this comes down to savvy. This comes down to experience. You know, when you are a little more seasoned, you recognize stuff like that. And you go straight to creative and go, hey, wait, I was a big deal. Why am I? Why am I just now just back to arm candy? You know, I was the deciding factor in a title match. Uh, I was the cornerstone piece that that revealed a great team, and now I'm just standing around making faces. And um, that 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 wouldn't set me set that wouldn't have set well with me because I would have had something to say to creative personally, like, "Hey, you put me in a position of prominence. Now you got to treat me like it." And I think too, the the thing we have to keep in mind is the show isn't shot live week for week. So what we see is what was been taped over the course of a four hour evening. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, maybe 
maybe what we see tonight won't be reflected on next week's episode, right? And then, sure. you know, there there is only four hours of taping going on or three and a half, whatever it com- amounts to. So there's a lot of things we don't see, but you're right. In this episode, it just feels like, well, where is Camille and, and at what point? At what point does she play? But but if we could get back to the match, sure. One one thing I I really did enjoy about this is Isaac Isaacs Royce. Let's just call him Royce because Isaacs sure. is hard for me to say. Yeah, Royce got some great offense in. In yeah. fact, he almost had that money maker, that clutch suplex that he does, and and Tim Storm was able to fight out of it. But let's make no mistake what this match was, and ultimately to make Tim Storm look good, and I think it did its job. Yeah, Tim Storm looked awesome to me. He, really he didn't did. look like he didn't look like a fifty-year-old, fifty-four-year-old washed-up has-been who's done. He looked like a guy who's ready to take that belt from Nick Aldis, and that's something you and I have been talking about for weeks. Where's that guy been? Feeling sorry for himself, talking about Mama Storm. No, that's what he needed to do was to get out there and, pardon my French, kick some ass, and he did it. Yep, and and he got the win, and. uh you know that that's that Storm's first win on this TV show. He hasn't won a single match. Well, I so, think too. I think too. You're looking at a match that could have been on any TV show anywhere, right? That that's right. and the NWA needs more of that because yes. especially on their television program. Because again, you are it is a competitive you know market, and yeah. people people ha- are competing. You are competing with people's viewership and. And not everybody's uh, as diehard NWA as we are, and sure. are aren't going. Not everybody's just going to stick it out just because uh, because they love the product and they have some history with it. Um, right. You have to have more matches like this, and frankly, yes. you have to have less matches. Uh, no offense to um, the guy that fought Aaron Stevens earlier in the match. No offense to him, you know. But if he's a world champion tag wrestler, they should be having him in tag matches, not you know. Not, Agreed. not not these kind of these matches that don't do a lot. You need to have a little bit more of your top talent out there wrestling. Um, and again, getting to see Tim out there wrestle, he 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 looked phenomenal. I thought Royce Isaac selling, um, you know, ring positioning. You know, it wasn't a perfect match by any stretch, but it was a good match. Um, and then, of course, once I saw the Rock and Roll Express come out at the end, <laughs> I just went. I just went ahead and closed out. Uh, and, and we'll talk more about this in the next episode. Um, agreed. Um, <laughs> I do, I do want to say this. I think there's room for show on this show for those enhancement matches and think, in fact, I think that's, that's pivotal because you don't have a tag team like the Dawson's meaning anything unless, you know, they're beating somebody who's of lesser talent and I'm okay with some enhancement matches. But I want to take this word exhibition match and throw it in the garbage. I don't want to hear that phrase on this show again unless it's the TV champion versus the world champion and they're having an exhibition match. That's fine. I'm good with that. But when I see Aaron Stevens with his third-degree national title, I don't want to hear exhibition match. I want to see him defend the title. When when I see Tim's – or excuse me, Nick Aldis with his 10 pounds of gold – wrestling trevor murdoch i don't want to hear exhibition match just throw that in the garbage let's just have a match let's not call it exhibition if you want to call it non-title that's fine let's get rid of that phrase exhibition and again more royce isaacs and tim storm style matches where you have two guys who are capable in the ring 
We need more of that. You know, the NWA kind of shortchanged the fans by removing that three-way um, that three-way match that was supposed to lead to into the fire that put James Storm in that position to win the title. And I know that Mr. Dave Logano was on my podcast talking to me, telling me why it didn't happen. Or he didn't say specifically why, but he says there's a whole slew of reasons why they didn't air that episode. That's fine. But it was one of the more competitive matches that the show's had. And mm-hmm. I think they do, they do need to have both. Why not yeah. both? We can have very good, very uh, entertaining matches with top-tier talent that only go six minutes and five seconds sure. or ten minutes. It doesn't need to be a full 60-minute Iron Man match, but let's 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 work both of it in. I want to see guys like the Dawson's get built up. I want to see, you know, I I want to see Caleb Conley go through a metamorphosis where he goes from an undercard enhancement wrestler to a challenger for the TV title. Why not? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, 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 and it's like, and I made a little stab earlier in the in our show about about you know, well, they took the junior heavyweights you know out of the equation so that we didn't expose the work rate. Of the bigger guys, you know, right. but the truth is, and, and, and in reality, like that, there's a lot of reasons. Um, I say that because there are many a time that I was the semi main event as a junior heavyweight match, and the match that had to follow my match. Uh, sorry guys, and I had to apologize hundreds of times. Sorry guys, but we're just that good. Um, <laughs> it happened, I mean, it happened many a time to the, to the point where you know people would ask not to wrestle after me. And, yeah. uh, and I said, well, if that's the case, promoter, why not put me in the main event? And yep. then, the, then the light bulb went off. They're like, that's a good point. You know what? Instead, if, so you don't have to wrestle after Kevin. We'll just put him, we'll put him after you. Uh, and so <laughs> many a times. But the point is, is that, you know, work rate, in-ring stuff, okay? And I'm not going to name off other shows, but in, in my humble opinion, one of the best shows going if not the best show show going, the reason it's so good is because we've got wrestlers in the ring wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. wrestling matches. And granted, it's not it's, it, the selling and the um, sometimes the the suspended disbelief is is questionable. But in my opinion, having no work rate or having very little work rate or having limited work rate on purpose um, does the same thing, because to try to tell me that two top notch wrestlers are going to go out there and wrestle for only six minutes and come up with a decision, uh, you're doing the same thing. You're, yeah. you're cheating the fans a little bit out of what really could be a good match with two guys that can go 12 to 15 minutes, not six minutes. Uh, you know, again, I, I know you're trying to get everybody on the show and all that, but in the end, the marquee on it is wrestling. It is the National Wrestling Alliance. And let, let's have some of that. Let's have more of that. And as far as I'm concerned, you can get more bang for your buck uh, in the in, in the in-between stuff uh, by saying a whole lot more and not and, and not trying to be so um, convoluted and yes. you know have some wrestling. You can still you can still do it. It's not it's not rocket science, but sometimes we try so hard to be interesting that we make something really simple. Uh, more complicated than it has to be. I'm, I'm going to name off and I'm going to keep talking just because I, I think it's, it's a good, I'm, I have a good point. I want a good flow here, but I can name off right now, you know, Nick Aldis, Thunder Rosa, Tim Storm, Eli Drake, 
even some of the washed up guys like uh, Ken Anderson. You've got Colt Cabana, Trevor Murdoch. We've seen from Aaron Stevens. We've got the women's world champion. Apparently, from all her fans, Molino. I'm making a joke right now, <laughs> but we've got we've got a who's who of wrestlers that can get in the ring and go. That yeah. right there is their number one draw. And granted, I understand that we want people to see the pay-per-view, but here's what you do. You give the people great matches on TV, but you give them greater matches on your pay-per-view. You don't give them half-measure half matches on the, on the TV show and then give them good matches at the pay-per-view. Sorry, but this, that precedent isn't set anymore. The precedent is set that people expect above and beyond if they're going to spend more money on a wrestling show uh, on a pay-per-view than they would on a monthly subscription, you got to really make them want to do that. And then you got to deliver when they do that, or they're going to go back to their $10 a month monthly subscription because they can get that and more uh, for half the price. And so again, you know, maybe these are strong words, but it's, it's not like the talent's not there. Right. Don't give me that. You don't have to cover anything. These guys can right. go, you know, and if you need somebody to go out and be your workhorse every week, well, then give me Tim Storm three or four times a week. You know, I mean, come on. These guys can go. These guys are not babies. So um, that that's my soapbox moment for that. Give me more in-ring work, uh, not just because I think that's what you need, but because I do watch wrestling all over the place, and I do know what's what's working right now. And right now the fans want to see what's on the – What's on the what's on the thing? What's on the uh, the marquee as marquee. they would say? Wrestling. Yeah. You know, give us some good wrestling. You got great wrestlers. You know that that will draw more people to the TV show on YouTube, which will draw them to the matches at the pay per views. If you need someone else backstage that can coach these wrestlers along, that can give you these uh, tidbits and and knowledge. Granted, I may not be uh, the biggest name. You can give me a call. I'm not cheap, but I'll do. I'll, I'll help you out if you need it. Uh, NWA. Uh, and that we have dr- a few skins on the wall. That drive from Orlando to Atlanta—that's that's not too bad, right? Well, you know, it, 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 an air, a plane ride, and a drive isn't really <laughs> that much difference. I do have free. I do have frequent flyer miles that I can use. Um, you know, I, I I don't I don't think I don't think it would be. Again, these aren't these aren't these things aren't rocket science, and I bet I'd be cheaper than Jim Cornette. I'm sure. So you're right, uh, and I hate to do it because we are running out of time. Like uh, my camera just said, you're running out of time, so you better wrap your stuff up. So real quick, R and R came out to finish the show, and much like you, I hit end because I did not care. I did not want to see it, and next week. We're going to talk more about how much I don't want to see the Rock and Roll Express anymore. After, uh, I I just want to say that I did refresh the numbers when I was done watching this. Again, I watched this episode the Thursday following, and you know, 23 hours after the fact the show aired live. So when I started watching, there was 84,159 views. That's a lot. By the time I was finished watching, there was 89,722 views, which means a full like 5,000 more people watch the show. Nice. So it is, it is gaining momentum. People are watching the show. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Don't let them tell you that Cornette's gone and the show's terrible. That's not true. It just isn't. The show is actually getting better every week. 
we have our complaints, but honestly, the show is getting yeah. better. We do love and, it. I do love it. I'm having a blast uh, watching some of my guys. And by the way, when I was talking about in-ring workhorses, don't forget Ricky Starks in that on that list. And, we, and Ricky Starks will be joining this podcast at some point, and we're going to go down memory lane with, with Kevin and Ricky and, and talking about all those fun times that they had. But for now, this show's got to end because my camera's literally telling me to die. <laughs> so uh, um, well, that's going to do it for us. Again, you can follow Kevin. Uh, his wrestling Twitter page, uh, uh, wrestling YouTube page is Kevin Douglas twenty four seven two four seven. Check him out. Check out what he's not just talking because he had a match here or there. He was a veteran who held the world's junior heavyweight championship, traveled all across the country with it, uh, made his name in Hollywood, wrestled everywhere in between. You guys can't take uh, for granted what Kevin says. You can follow me on all the socials at the Alliance blog. Uh, we'll be back really soon, hopefully within the next week. We got two <laughs> episodes to get caught up on, so we'll be there soon. But until next time, guys, we'll see you at the matches. Make sure you have a good night. Later. Bye. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that was fun. Man.